comment. Let us know you're watching. Uh, let us know that you're engaged in tonight's uh, study. Tiffany and I are going to be talking about the legacy of listening. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, what we have in store tonight. All right? Everybody good? Let me see if I can see anybody. I was laughing at Pastor Stephen Furtick on Sunday because he kept calling people's names out, and it sounded like Romper Room. How many of you remember <laughs> Romper Room, right? Romper Room was kind of exciting if you were a kid in my generations. So let's see. There we go. Now I can see. Debbie Fieser. I see you. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Abby. Good to see you. I hope you guys can hear us. Um, we're going live here in just a minute. There's our cousin Jackie Liston. We're so happy you're listening. Hi, Jackie. Kimberly Davis and Cindy Heisler. Thanks for joining us. Ah, I can hear the stream now. Can anyone else hear us? Pastor Greg, thank you so much for taking care of uh, our live stream conversation tonight. James Cordova, good to see you, buddy. Uh, been thinking about you guys lately. Hope you're doing well. Hi, Kim. Uh, sis, good to see you. All right. So tonight we are, Tiffany and I are digging into our six o'clock Bible study. Uh, tonight we have titled tonight's lesson as The Legacy of Listening. If you're joining us live stream, hey, let us know where you're at. Let us know who you are. Leave a comment. Tell us uh, what's going on in your life this week. Uh, and also, do us a big favor. You see that share button there at the bottom of the screen? Why don't you click on that share button and share this stream with one of your friends, with someone you know. Invite them to join us for our 6 o'clock Bible study. We have great things coming up at the river. We've had a few people asking as a result of Governor Ducey's order that churches can reopen. If we were reopening yet, we are in the preparation stages. We are not going to be open yet this Sunday, but stay tuned for further information that's coming uh, really soon about uh, when the river will open for live church services again, and uh, we'll make sure that we keep you up to date and informed on that. Tonight, Tiffany and I are talking about the legacy of listening, and this was birthed out of a uh, conversation that we had on the phone this week, and both of us were like, you know, where are we going? What are we doing this? What What is Bible study going to be about? What are you hearing? What are you studying? And the truth is, I'm studying so much right now that we could go in any direction and the Lord would anoint it, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, I think, because Ron and I both love to study. We both love to teach. We're constantly digging and inspiration is all over the place because we can get um, there's so much knowledge that's available and the word of God you can't exhaust it no it's just there's just so much in it so tonight we've got these like comfy chairs and we're kind of in more of a relaxed setting and um, just you know we're in your living room so we want to kind of be relaxed with you and so happy that you joined us with us tonight. Um, and as we looked at legacy, we've been talking about listening with Pastor Brian since the beginning of the year. And our focus has been so much on what we listen to is what we see. And so tonight, I think we're going to take um, a couple different turns off of that, shoots off of that. And we're going to talk about uh, in terms of legacy, which means a gift or a bequest or something that's handed down or endowed or conveyed from one person to another. 
Um, it's something descendable. Think about the legacies that our grandmothers and mothers, you know, our families before us have listened to us. They have planted, we've listened to them. The, you know, they have that legacy. And so my question was, what is the legacy that we're going to leave behind? Will those with whom we interacted feel like they were truly heard by us? I think it's an important question because to be heard, this is really fascinating to me, can have the same effect on the body as healing. Wow. To be heard can have the same effect on the body as healing. That would suggest that when we or anyone we know feels that they've been heard, an opportunity for healing is present. And we talk about healing uh, in our Christian circles so much as a supernatural act when really, I've said this for a long time, what we have called supernatural to believers who are full of the Spirit is very practical. Yeah, yeah. And what, how do we feel when we've poured out our soul to the Lord and we feel like He's heard us? Sure. We feel healed. <laughs> we feel better, you know, uh, um, because we know the Bible says that He listens to the prayers of the righteous. His ear is open to our cry. He's patiently waiting, listening to us and for us. I. I immediately thought of the scripture that I've heard Pastor Shirley say many, many times. And I think I memorized the scripture from her saying it so often. The entrance of your words yeah. bring light. Yes. And I, when I think of light, I think of healing. Yes. Because healing happens in, in the light of Christ. It happens in light. Yes. And when we, when we go to that place of feeling heard and really listening mm -hmm. we're going to that place of healing yeah that's so good it is and so tonight we're going to talk about some spiritual uh, the spiritual aspect of listening and also the practical aspect of how to be a good listener because I want to have that impact on others and I don't I, I'm not always patient I know in my family in ministry I love to listen to others I love to hear their heart I want to know what they're going through but an honest confession Sometimes with my family, I'm very impatient, and that drives my husband crazy <laughs> because I want to interject. And I know a lot of times when we have family gatherings, you know, you can attest to this. We're all talking. We're all waiting for a comma. Yeah, a breath. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or a period. Yes. Yeah. We're that... waiting for the period when there's, an, where there's a comma there, right? And then yep. another word we learned in staff meeting one, one week was anacoluthon, right? Yes, from Don't Pastor talk Shirley. while I interrupt you. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I heard somebody say this week, if you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? This is somebody who's a, um, a well-known speaker, but in the psychology world. Um, and she said, become a better listener. That is the one thing. If she could tell the world, that's what she would tell them. Become a better listener. And then this is what she said. Listening is the superpower that makes you wiser and more connected. So good. So, listening is the superpower, superpower that makes you wiser and, and more, more connected. connected. I don't think we necessarily think of listening as a superpower, but it genuinely is. Um, and she said... The art of conversation is like a dance of surrender and flow. 
and allowing yourself to be changed in the moment of conversation by what people are saying. If I am so busy thinking about my response, I'm going to miss that opportunity to allow transformation, that's part of our series, um, to happen by just simply listening to what they're saying. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, you're listening. <laughs> We're practicing. Ron and I like to talk a lot, so... <laughs> So we're going to have yeah. to practice our, our listening. I want to have that superpower. Um, so if we look at Jesus, he's so attentive to the needs of the people. When he's with Peter and the fishermen in their conversations, he's totally engaged with them, speaking with them about fish and fishing, and he relates to them where they are. Um, he's completely mindful of them, their lives, their interests, their joys, their sufferings. When he's with fishermen, he talks about fishing. When he's with farmers, he talks about seeds and soil and weeds. This is what I loved. Jesus is always present with the people he meets as if there was no one else in the world. Every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah. I mean, think about the woman at the well. So present. What would it be like if we could be so present with the people that we love that they felt like there was no one else in the world but them in that moment? In that, isn't it amazing how what I see as he he listened to things that were not being said in those moments. He asked the woman at the well questions, Mm -hmm. and while she responded with answers, Mm -hmm. he picked up on the ones she didn't speak out. I love that. Mm -hmm. You could look at just about every scenario that he's interacting with somebody, and that's what's going on. Yeah, that's so good. It's true. So curiosity, openness, and acceptance exemplify his approach. What would it be like if with every person, now I understand some of our conversations are hurried and, you know, they're not like an in-depth conversation, but when you sit down, I think we're having more conversations right now because we have more time. Um, But when you sit down, what would it be like, you're totally present, if you're curious, you're open, and you exemplify acceptance to the person that you're talking to? unabandoned acceptance yes you are who you are you do what you do and i still accept you do you think this happens in the church like it needs to i believe we're on a journey to becoming that yes i really do yes in the past we struggled there Mm -hmm. not i'm not saying our church no and specifically the church worldwide struggled with um not identifying what seat they belong in. Right. Right? Uh, meaning judgment mm-hmm. or mercy. Yeah. And I think we are on the other side of that now, and we're growing in accepting the vision of the river. Yes. To be a house of worship yes. for all, all people, people. Yes. regardless. Regardless. You could put, you could leave that vision statement after the word regardless completely blank. Yep. And let it be because it applies a house of worship for all people. people. Yes. And if we think about it in Revelation, it specifically says that every nation, every kindred, every tongue, that's very unique. That means everyone. That's not exclusive to people that are like me. That is everyone is represented there. And that is, that's what heaven is. It's everyone. Yeah. And probably we've heard Pastor Brian say uh, a lot of people that we thought might not be there. (laughs) 
or shouldn't be there. But God in his mercy, we don't know. I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with that idea. <laughs> I, I would not want to sit in God's place, you know. But I will say that in my own life, I'm so grateful for the grace that he has given me. And I can't withhold grace if I've been given it to such, a, you know, an extreme. So, yeah. We began this conversation on Monday when I told you of a scripture mm -hmm. that has drawn me in again. And it's, it's from Hebrews chapter one, which we've taught before on a Wednesday night. We've spent many, many, many nights and hours in the book of Hebrews. And uh, it's hard to be a believer and not have interaction with Hebrews. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think it's, it's possible. Chapter. It's faith, right? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of foundation book, yeah. that's mentioned in in Hebrews and the scripture the core scripture that I want to point out tonight is Hebrews chapter 1 and I'm reading from my supernatural life Bible love this Bible I love the language that it speaks and the interpretation that it is Hebrews 1 and 1 says God who at various times and in diverse ways spoke long ago to the fathers through the prophets has in these last days spoken to us mm -hmm. by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things yeah. go ahead i just want to make a little note there in the commentary and one of the translations i was reading it said he has spoken through a son we speak in english god speaks in son for jesus is the language of god <laughs> yeah I love, oh, that's okay see, i love talking about jesus yeah. He is the language of God. Mm -hmm. Whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom he has made the ages. He is the brightness of his glory, the express image of himself, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. And I, when we started talking about listening, I started thinking about all of the ways that God speaks. And it definitely comes through Christ. And I love that just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told the disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem and, and wait until you receive. You will be endued with power from on high when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And I thought, that's it right there. So the Holy Spirit, when we were filled and when he was outpoured on us, like in Acts chapter 2, we were filled with all of these things that we'll get into in just a little bit. But God has been, God has been speaking from Genesis 1 to the very moment that we sit in today. God is speaking. And as he is speaking, we, we are listening if we're picking up on it. Yes. Yeah. And I know we say this all the time. He's always speaking, but we're not always listening. We're not always tuned in on the, the radio dial to the station. But you talked about this earlier, and I hope you'll say it again, about all the ways that he's speaking to us, because we can literally hear God everywhere we are. Everywhere. Yeah. At, at some point tonight, I want to share. Uh, today, I, I have, uh, since very early this morning when I woke up, I started writing down the ways that I know that God speaks and as we were sitting here discussing that, getting ready to share that, I was I thought to myself, wait a minute. Not only is those the ways that God speaks, these are all of the ways that we are invited to listen. Yeah. 
right? Yes, we are invited to listen. We are invited to listen. You can invite me to listen to you, but I don't have to, no. right? But I love how God is such a gentleman. He will go, he'll bend over backwards to get a message to us. And he'll either do it the easy way or the hard way. It's our choice. Yeah, I, I prefer the easy way. <laughs> I prefer the easy way, but I don't always choose that one. Yeah. The the first way, and I'll share this one because I think this is the foundation for all listening, right? The number one way that God speaks to us is through his word. Absolute number one way. God speaks to us through his word. This is the primary method. The Bible is the inerrant, infallible word and authoritative word of God. Yes. There is no higher authority than the word of God. The only source of absolute truth. This is what I wrote down in my notes this morning when I was studying. When we read the scripture, the word of God, we're hearing directly from God himself. Yes. And what we sat here and, and had like a revelation mm -hmm. while we were sitting here. Mm -hmm. It took men listening yes. for us to have what we have today mm -hmm. written on pages, yeah. right? If they had not listened, we would not have the word of God. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. We help one another listen. Mm -hmm. We help one another hear. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when we read the word of God, we are hearing, we are directly listening to the voice of God in our lives. All other methods of listening must be checked through the word of God. Yes. It is the filter for which we can discern what God is and is not saying because anybody, anything can come our way and said, God said, and if it's not written right here, right. whoa. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yep. So I, I, when I have learned to make this a principle, mm -hmm. I like the video that you shared with me that has uh, me messed up right now me inside I, yes. to the point I can't even talk about it yet. Yeah. But, but hopefully next week we're going to talk about Hopefully next it. week we'll start the conversation. Miles Monroe was yeah. saying in the video that he has developed habit. Yes. That was one of my favorite Write aspects of the video. He has developed a habit of getting in the word because we become our habits, yes. not our dreams. Yeah. He said, what kind of habits do you have and what is your secret habit? <laughs> what is your public habit? We don't decide our future. We decide our habits. That just kind of like bowled me over because we decide and our habits decide our future. Absolutely. Agreed. So powerful. It's like the principle my mom shared most of my life. Show me who your friends are and I'll show you what you soon become. Is the word of God your friend? Yeah. If not, what other voice are you allowing in right. will influence you. Jim Rohn, another motivational speaker who was a believer mm -hmm. when he was living, um, he says that you become like the five most, most like the five people you spend the most time with. I believe that. I believe that too. Mm -hmm. And I have learned, I have experienced transformation in my life through the word of God. Yes. No one had to tell me that something was off in my life. Right. No one had to come and confront me and say, if you don't do this and you don't do that, you're in danger of hellfire. Brim. Mm -hmm. I didn't need any of that. I needed the word of God to be watered that was already in my heart so that I could become what the Word says and who the Word says I am. And I think this is such an important point because we want to be the convictor so many times. 
of the people we love and the people in our lives, and it's not our job. If we will just leave it alone and let people use their brain, as Pastor Lee says, let them listen for themselves, the Holy Spirit, God will bring the conviction that he needs to bring to their hearts. It's not our jobs, and thank God it's not. I don't want that job. But sometimes our religious thinking of, you know, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that, or, you know, let God do it. He will. He'll absolutely do it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember an evangelist coming through our church, and I, there are certain sermons I remember. His name was uh, Prophet, Prophet Harold Andrews. Not seen or heard of him since I, I was a kid. And he preached a sermon one night at a revi church revival during the week. That, and his thought was, don't pull the weed, water the seed. So good. So good. Yeah. Because the wheat and the tares are going to grow together. Yeah. And God will take care of pulling those tares when it's time. And I love it in along these lines of, of the first way that we listen is through the word of God. I love 2 Timothy 3.16 that says, all scripture. All. Every one from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Mm -hmm. All scripture is given by inspiration from God yeah. and is profitable for uh, education, mm -hmm. correction. for correction, mm -hmm. for reproof, yeah. for training in righteousness yes. that the man of God would be thoroughly, thoroughly furnished into furnished every good work. Into every good work. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it. I love those scriptures. So when you have that as your baseline, mm -hmm. now we're set up to learn ways to listen. Yes. Okay. So if we want to be a good listener, a good pastor, a good friend, a good parent, um, active listening is essential. We must learn how to listen. We have to get ourselves out of the way, which is not the easy part, and really hear what the other is saying. We have to empty ourselves so there is room for the other, and love depends on that. So I shared with you this quote earlier because I think it's like, so good. A famous quote from Thomas Merton, um, who was a theologian a long time ago, says it this way. The beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. To love only our own reflection in the other is selfishness and not love. We have to empty ourselves of ourselves in order to love. That was just so, like, revelation to me. This is the beginning of love. I cannot, when I'm listening to my child speak to me, I cannot twist her to fit the image I think that she needs to be. I need to let her be. I don't want it. It should not be that I'm trying to make her into my own reflection. She has to have her own reflection. So I've got to get myself thoroughly emptied and out of the way, and this is a discipline, and it doesn't always work that way, especially when we think what we're seeing is not the reflection we want to see, but they have to work it out, and we have to let them. I can't make them be me, and I don't want them to be. So I thought that was very powerful. But Jesus waits, he's our example, with exquisite patience to allow us to reveal ourselves to him. He who knows all things will come to us and ask, do you want to be healed? And then he waits for our response. He does not force or coerce us, um, or not. he's not sensitive to our freedoms. He gave us that freedom of choice. But this is so beautiful. Boy, I love 
one writer calls it the dignity of choice. Yes, yes, we have that choice. He gave us that. God, the God who never sleeps waits for our eyes to open, and when they do, he is there to greet us. Oh, so beautiful. Um, so Revelation 3.20, I actually heard Eddie James share this um, this past week when I was listening to his worship music, and he talked about this, and he said, growing up as a kid, he remembered the scripture, behold, I stand at the door, and I knock, and if any man come, like this was the scripture that they gave to sinners to come to repentance. But if you look at the scripture in context, it's actually the church Jesus is speaking to. <laughs> so... Um, in the Amplified Version, he says, Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and restore him and he with me. So this was not a message for sinners. This was a message for us, for the body. He's continually knocking. And if we will listen, this motivates me to want to listen to him. He will come in and eat with me and restore me. That is so powerful to me. It's funny because in that just before chapter 3 that you're, you're quoting from, mm-hmm. at the very end of chapter 2, he says, He who has an ear, let him, let hear. him hear what the Spirit is saying That's right. to the churches. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we want who we classify as sinners or different than us to be the hearers but those of us who have a relationship with Christ mm-hmm. we're the ones who he's saying are you listening yeah will you listen to me yeah yes yeah so I've got four ways we can become a better listener okay so here's number one if we listen long enough don't rush the conversation we can hear the real statement or question and uncover the feeling behind it Unfortunately, many of us are too preoccupied with ourselves when we listen, and instead of concentrating on what is being said, we are deciding what to say in response or mentally rejecting the other person's point of view. I find myself doing this all the time. Somebody's talking, and I'm automatically, my brain's just whirling, thinking what I'm going to say next, how I can fix this situation, you know, or I can, or the really insensitive thing to do is to compare it to something I've been through when they really just want to be heard. You know, they want to be able to pour their heart out and I need to just listen. One of my favorite listeners besides my husband is Carol Webb. And I don't know if you've ever noticed in conversations with her, she leans in when you start to talk with her. She leans in, she looks at you and she is so focused on you that you just feel like she is hearing my heart. She is hearing everything that I say. And then she will repeat back to you what you've said to her. That is a good listener. That is an active listener. And she will be patient enough, her husband too, um, to sit and listen to you, which I just think is a beautiful gift because I walk away from them feeling so encouraged and like my heart has been heard, you know. So number two, Stop thinking of listening as a passive activity. Listening requires entering actively and imaginatively into the other person's situation and trying to understand a frame of reference different than your own. So this is empathy. You have to, it's, we're not just sitting passively. We have to try to enter into their situation and think about what it really feels like to be in their shoes. 
What does it feel like to be that person that has lost their job and doesn't have food for their family? What does it feel like to be that mom that is completely overwhelmed at home with her kids and trying to work and trying to teach? And you know what I'm saying? We have to enter into that place with them so that we can have that empathy for them. Are you saying that listening requires empathy? Yes. Yes. Or empathy requires listening? Both. I think it's both. I think it's both. Yeah, most definitely. Um, One scripture says, Proverbs 18, 13, he who answers before listening, this is his folly and his shame. (laughs) That is not good. (laughs) If you answer before, it's not good. We have to listen first and then pause and wait and digest. Don't just spurt out an answer. Um, The pause is scary. It is, and it's hard to do it. It, And I, in the people that I I study and I'm I'm learning, uh, I'm noticing that those who are great communicators are great pausers. We were watching a movie Sunday night, uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, with about Mr. Rogers, yes. right? And the movie portrayed him as probably one of the best listeners mm-hmm. that I, I, I mean, there were moments where I would see him do what Carol Webb did, you know, lean, yeah, in, lean in and listen. Yes. And I would get teary-eyed yeah. just realizing that this man demonstrated the fruit of the Spirit more than some, some people I knew were believers. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to me to see that pause. Yeah. And the, the pause was almost like an irritant to the one who was speaking. Mm. Because they sometimes we speak out of wanting a response yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And, and we've heard Pastor Brian say this before, that when he talks to Penny, he says, do you want me to fix it or do you want me just to listen? Yeah, and I think that's such a great question because... We all have automatic answers that we think are right. And we, you know, based on our own experiences or whatever. So if it's just to listen, sometimes it's hard not to spew those answers out, you know, or try to fix that situation. I think sometimes for moms, it's especially hard not to fix a situation. We want to fix it. If our kids are not doing well or they're suffering or, you know, and I know there are dads like this too, so I'm not trying to take that away from them. Um, we, as parents, we want to fix our kids. Um, but we have a fixer. He's the father, you know, and, and he is the fixer. And so if we could learn surrender, that has been one of the hardest lessons for me to learn with my own kids is surrender. And in that total surrender, giving it to God, he hears me. He listens to me. And then he's the one, when I let go totally and don't try to take it back, that can go in and fix the situation. Okay, number three. Here's number three. Um, Consciously withdraw, this is the pause, so as to create space for another to open up and talk. So there's a book called The Wounded Healer, and it's about Jesus. Um, Henry Nowen, I think is his name, it says, For the other person to open and talk requires a withdrawal of the counselor. I must withdraw to make room for the other. This withdrawal, rather than the going out to meet the other, is an intense act of concentration. It's hard to withdraw. Totally. Empty. Myself. Consciously withdraw so that I have enough space up here to really hear what they're saying. Okay, number four. 
Put more emphasis. I love this one. This is my favorite. Put more emphasis on affirmation than on answers. Stop trying to rush in and fix things. The other person's asking you to do something. Um, but just let God use you to be a channel of affirming love and listen with compassion and understanding. So it's if we could think about it as being affirmation more than answers. Stephen Furtick, uh, I'm part of a, a leadership group that he has, and he was talking about in leadership that we should get comfortable with the answer, I don't know. Yes, yes. That and it's, it's okay to not know. Mm -hmm. Affirm, I love what you're saying, affirm, mm -hmm. but I don't have the answer. Mm -hmm. It's going to get better. But I don't know what better looks like. I, and I think that's a powerful, it's powerful yeah. to operate in that and understand that and exercise that. Because then again, there again, we get to surrender to the fixer. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. That's four. I have why listening is important. We can go to that later. Why listening? Review them again. Okay. So number one was um, four ways to become a better listener. Listen long enough to really hear what the question is and uncover the feeling behind it. Okay? Don't be preoccupied. <laughs> I think of Pastor Lee, right? Mm -hmm. So when we were, when he's, you know, leading any one of us, if we shake our head a certain way, he thinks we have it, and he just yeah. stops giving us the information, yes. right? Yes. So you, you, we've had to learn around him to not move your head so right. that he'll finish <laughs> what he's teaching or, or you know, letting us in on. Yes. He and Pastor Shirley are in the, off, in the audience with us tonight. They're the only ones in the audience with us tonight, so we appreciate their love and support. They are always there, just faithfully supporting and encouraging. Uh, okay. Number two, stop thinking of listening as a passive activity. We have to interactively and imaginatively into the other person's situation so that we can understand. So that's the empathy. Number three, consciously withdraw to create space. Number four, put more emphasis on affirmation than on answers. So those are just four ways. There's lots of other ways, but that's just four simple ways. So when I was studying, I wrote down ways that I, my, I titled this Ways That God Speaks to Us Today. Yes. And as we were sitting here, I realized that this is more like ways that we hear from God today. Yeah. Ways that we listen to God mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the first one is the Word of God, right? Yeah. It's infallible. It's inerrant. Yes. It's, it's the ultimate authority. And it was the first thing. It was the In first In the beginning, thing. it was the Word before <laughs> anything else. Before anything else. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And my scriptures for that was Hebrews 1 and 2 Timothy 3.16. Another way I wrote down today was through conversations with other believers, yeah. much like you and I are having yes. right now. Yes, and we do that frequently. Frequently. Yes. Yes. I, I love uh, the relationships that I have. We get to talk about the Word of God and hear different viewpoints, yeah. and God speaks to us through those. Jacinda sometimes, yes. she'll say something very profound, like she's provoked me the last two days. And uh, with some thought, you know, something really to think about. And, man, uh, to the point where I don't have answers yet. Yeah. Right? 
Uh, so number two for me is through conversations with other believers. And my scripture reference is Romans chapter one with, with Paul, right? Yeah. Verses 11 through 12, it says this. Paul said, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Yes. That is that we may mutually encourage, be encouraged by each other's faith, yes. both yours and mine. And God speaks. Sometimes we are so caught up in what's happening in our lives. We are so uh, focused or uh, locked in on our idea of something that God has trouble getting us any additional information because we think it has to come this way. And Monday, that's where I was. I woke up Monday morning. And I thought, I, I need to hear from the Lord. I want to hear from the Lord. And I feel like he's saying to me, I'm not going to always speak to you the same way. And I had to allow myself to go with that idea because in, in my effort to hear from God, sometimes I want him to do it in my box, yes. right? Do it my way because yep. I'll receive it better. I'll, I'll get it better. It's clear to me. It doesn't work that way with him. No. Pastor Lee has taught us for years. The more of God we try to box in, the more of him we leave out. out. Yes. Yeah. So number two is through conversations with other believers. One writer said it this way. We were created to communicate. Yes. We're a spirit that speaks. Mm -hmm. Our spirit has been given a voice. Yeah. Right? And that's the first thing God did with Adam is walk with him in the cool of the day. So they had, that was the first thing God instituted with Adam was walking and talking with him. Absolutely. Another way that God speaks in another way that we listen. I have learned this uh, through spending time with Pastor Brian, but I also learned this growing up. I had a nanny. Her name was GB. Um, and my mom... You had a nanny. Were you privileged? No, not privileged. <laughs> okay. It wasn't that kind of nanny. She okay. didn't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She would... Uh, she was my mom's best friend. Oh, okay. And she would give my mom some reprieve because having 10 kids oh, is... Oh, uh, imagine. Yeah. She needed a break. Yeah. Uh, whole nother funny story about school there I'll tell some other time but uh, GB would come pick me up and she would take me out to the to the parks and we would walk nature trails and she taught me from a, a tiny little boy how to appreciate and enjoy nature yes and that is one of the ways that that we listen mm -hmm. to the voice of God That's today right. in fact uh, Romans again Romans chapter 1 in verse 20 it says uh, for what we for what may be known about God is clear to them since God has shown it to them the invisible things about him meaning God his eternal power and his deity have been clearly seen since the creation of the world and are understood by the things that are seen so that they are without excuse that's right and he he speaks to us through nature yes and I, I'm so appreciative of that because you could look at all all throughout Scripture, so many of the stories that, that were in the Gospels, Jesus was in a, a natural setting, the fig yes, tree, yes. right? Uh, they were uh, on the water, and mm -hmm. Peter walked under on the water, yeah. and so many of those different stories. And if we're looking at those stories, we can hear what yeah. God is saying to us today. Yeah, and the trees of the field clap their hands, and the mountains break forth before you with shouts of joy. So creation is worshiping God 24-7. My husband said to me the other day, why do you think that the comparison was made between Solomon's grand 
uh, temple, everything that he built to the lilies. And the Bible says that they were more beautiful and clothed more beautifully than all of Solomon's grandeur. And he said, why do you think that is? And I said, why? And he said, because they were doing what they were created to do. I'm curious to know those of you who are watching uh, live stream, have you already heard something? Have you been listening to something that has already spoke to your heart? If so, write that in the comments for us, will you? Yeah. We want to know. We want to hear from you. And later on tonight when, when we all get home, uh, we'll try to, to log on and, and uh, respond to some of those comments. Because we try to do like we try to like watch while yeah. we're doing this, but then it gets a little distracting. But we do want you to know that we are watching and we are trying to listen to each other and to listen to you and to listen to the yeah. Holy Spirit all at the same time. But it does really help us if you let us know. Another way that we listen and God speaks is through actions of faith. Yes. James, James chapter 2, I think it says, faith without works is dead, right? Sometimes God's voice is clear. This is what I wrote in my notes this morning. When we act on what we already know. Yeah. Yeah. The teacher doesn't have to repeat himself because he, he knows I already know it. Now it's time to put action to what I know, to put action to my faith, right? Uh, sometimes God's voice is clear when we act on what we already know or have been shown by the Spirit of the Lord. If we haven't heard from God in a while, I, I've practiced this. Go back to the last time you remember hearing from Him and do what you did to get to hearing that voice again. Uh, earlier in the year, I went on a 60-day fast. I fasted a, a couple of things uh, in my life, and it was wild how I, I can go back to my journals and see how I could clearly, without any kind of hindrance, hear the voice of the Lord in my life speaking to me. And I remember you even said to me, I'm afraid to come off I, of this fast I because I, exactly I, I don't want to stop hearing from God. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was so concerned, like, if I stop this, but then, then I had to realize, wait a minute, this is not by my works. It's by his sovereignty that he's speaking to yes. me. But when you find yourself in a position that you don't feel like you're hearing from the Lord, go back to the last place you remember hearing. Go back to the last way and see if he's speaking there. He may just be inviting you to a new place. Uh, it reminds me of the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, yes. Right? Yes, we all have we to read that as a staff. Oh, yeah. Didn't like it. We can apply that to the way God moves in our lives today. He's yeah. not going to be nailed down to one method. That's why Religion we have to be open. Yeah. We have to be open that God can speak. God can speak to us through an unbeliever. Yeah. I mean, God spoke through a donkey. Can we God listen can that speak way, though? Any way. Can yes. we listen that way? I think we probably have a lot of preconceived things that will shut us down sometimes mm -hmm. from listening. But yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, maybe it was a scripture. Maybe the last time God spoke to you was a scripture. Go back to that scripture. Dig into that scripture some more. Maybe there's more that he wants you to get from that. I think a lot of times, too, it's in worship. Yeah. I know I have been absolutely transformed and heard from God in such amazing ways by just being engaged in the worship time. He speaks through the music. He speaks through the lyrics of the songs that so much of the time are straight from the word of God. Yeah. So you and you and some friends have really provoked me uh, this week in thought and uh, I, I'm processing it still mm -hmm. 
still digesting uh, what it is. But out of that, the, the thought came, and I, I wrote this at the bottom of my page this morning. We cannot move forward until we act on what God has already shown us. The children of Israel, they could never have made it to the promised land until they took that first step yeah. into the, to the sea. And when they took that step is when the sea opened. Right. And there's also a letting go because I know that's something that God's been speaking to me about. There are, he wants to entrust us with more. And it's like we, we know this about our tithing and our giving. Um, the more obedient we are, the more he entrusts us with. And I, and I absolutely believe the same thing happens spiritually. The more we let go of the things, you know, that are distracting us, the more he can entrust us with I mean, it, this happens to me all the time because I could, I love to read. I could read all day long and not necessarily the Bible. <laughs> I love to read. Um, and so if I spent as much time, and I'm trying to find balance in that, spending as much time in his word and seeking him out, or maybe it's worship music or, you know, whatever it is, the more I do that, the more he will entrust me with, the more anointing I can experience. But there are things that I have to let go. And I think that speaks to all of us. There are always things that we have to let go so that we can move up to the next place that he has for us. Amen. I love that. I'm listening on, <laughs> on the inside of what you're saying. You're having a sila I'm moment. A Pause sila moment. Yeah. calmly and think about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the seventh thing that I wrote down, the ways that we hear, is through dreams and visions. Uh, Daniel 2 and 19 says, Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And I thought so much of Daniel's life that we read about in Scripture and Joseph's life, uh, God communicated to them through dreams and visions. And I've experienced that. In fact, I have a dream journal, and I, I write in it often. I dream often. And sometimes uh, I know when it's from the Lord, and sometimes I'm like, mm, that, that was a pizza dream, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, you learn as you grow in those giftings, you learn what is clearly the voice of the Lord speaking and direction and all of those things. And I, I can tell you that I have, I have relied on that voice many times. Uh, the Lord prepared me in a dream for my dad to pass away. Before months before it happened, the Lord showed me in a dream that my dad was getting ready to go home, and everything looked fine. And I remember writing that down in my dream journal, and that was in I was in New York City in February of 2008, and I know exactly who I was with. I remember the room that we all had camped out in, and I was sleeping. I rem I remember everything about that moment, and the last thing that in my dream is uh, my dad was going to be going to heaven. And I was comforted mm -hmm. knowing my dad was going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so when my dad did pass away, that was in February, in June of that year, it didn't take me by surprise. No. God gave you that peace he beforehand. He gave me the peace mm -hmm. beforehand. And what would it have been like? What would my experience have been like had I missed listening mm -hmm. in that moment? Yeah. You know? I love it. I love the, the idea of Joseph, the dreamer, mm -hmm. 
right? We we talk about Joseph in every Bible, every, every religious circle talks about Joseph, right? He was the dreamer, and in the infancy of his gift, he prophesied his future, right? Unknowingly, he just had a dream. But God spoke in those moments, and in those moments, God was prepping him and forming him and creating and preparing him for what was to come through dreams and visions. So that's another way. Well, I want to say, too, with the vision part of it, um, with our apostle, Pastor Lee, before any of this even happened, he had a vision of improving technology and capturing stories through technology, uh, improving our website, like working on all of these things probably, I don't know, a couple of months before we had the outbreak, um, he already had the vision for the future. And I love that in his 80s, he still carries the vision and still has the heart, he and Shirley both, for the church that they do. He's he's our modern day dreamer and visionary um, that keeps that fire going. I want to be like that in my 80s. I want to see before it even happens and have a revelation of what will benefit the kingdom of God. I can't wait to share with you. <laughs> it's going to be good. Okay. Acts chapter 2. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit came upon on God's people, right? Those who were waiting, those who were earnestly desiring, right? Yes. A, an outpouring from the Holy, from, from mm -hmm. the Lord. Uh, in the last days it shall be that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream, uh, your dreams. dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Mm -hmm. That is all part of the gifting of the Holy Ghost in our yes, lives. Yes. And those that's still some of the major ways God, God speaks today. And if we are tuned in, it's some of the major ways we listen today. Yeah. Dreams and visions. I believe it with all my heart. Yes. Uh, another one that I wrote down today, the ways we listen, is circumstances. Mm -hmm. I got an email stream for someone that we all know, someone I know today, reaching out to me. Hey, uh, Ron, I need you to go to the store and pick up a gift card because uh, I have someone who's in the hospital. And this, this email supposedly came from someone in church leadership today. I have someone in the hospital with cancer, and I need to get them an eBay gift card for $400. Oh. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I know what this is. I'm yeah. going to have fun with this, yes, right? Yeah. So I played with them. I responded to every email they sent me today. I, I have, you should see this long stream going. So they're waiting on me. <laughs> to respond with the code off the back of that card oh, I'm sure. so that they can get that eBay gift card to someone in the hospital yes. with cancer. And yes. I, I played stupid. I was like, well, don't you want to send flowers too? <laughs> right? Here's why I could. I listened to what was being said and knew because of relationship that was not their voice. Not mm -hmm. Jesus said, my sheep hear me and they know my voice yes. and another they will not follow. But the only way to know his voice is to listen to yes, his voice. Yes, got to listen. Yeah. And that because this email came from somebody that we all know, mm -hmm. because it had their name on it, if I would have just assumed that really was them, I would be broke $400 <laughs> right now. Yeah. But I'm not because I know, right? I listen to that inner voice. So circumstances sometimes yeah. are a great, great way to listen. And then the final thing, my final thought on ways that we listen and we, we can dig in this some more next week before Tiffany closes us out, is I believe that we listen through the gifts that are in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Yeah. Yep. I really do. 
Sometimes it's the, pro the, the prophetic, right? Sometimes we listen through gifts of healing. Sometimes through gifts of miracles. Sometimes we listen through uh, uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues. All of the ways that's, that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and chapter 14. Sometimes we listen through the gifts to the body. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those are all ways that if we will tap into God's government, God's way of doing things, we will listen and hear things that most people would never catch because we're listening differently. Yeah, so good. All right, well, really quickly before we leave, I'll talk to you about why listening is important. So this kind of goes a little bit with what the other ways to listen. Number one, this is why it's important. Listening affirms people. It's one of the highest forms of affirmation. When we listen, we invite another person to exist. Wow, that just kind of knocked me down today. When I listen to God, I invite him to exist in my life. Number two, we strengthen each other through good listening. So listening to you, listening to others, listening to my family, listening to my friends will help us strengthen one another. And Jesus did this over and over again throughout the Gospels. Um, he spoke to crowds, to disciples, individuals, the woman at the well. Uh, he listened to all of her questions intently and answered them. Um, the woman who washed his feet. It's a beautiful story of an intimate conversation. And the disciples were looking at him and saying, if you knew what kind of woman she was, you wouldn't basically be listening to her. But thank God he sees beyond that. So we strengthen each other. That's number two, through good listening. Number three, listening helps the speaker clarify their thoughts. So here's a quote. Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass over the lips or through the fingertips. That is, by talking or writing. So as we give people an opportunity to talk, we help them to sort out tangled thoughts. So Proverbs 25 says, The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. So I know I've had many conversations with Pastor Shirley where maybe I had some confusion or I had some things going on, but just being able to pour that out and her listening, it helped to untangle those things and help me come back to the right place. Peace of mind. Number four, good listening improves the accuracy of our responses to what people say. Proverbs 25, 11 through 12 says, like apples of gold in settings of silver, a word spoken is a word spoken in right circumstances. Like earrings of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. So Solomon understood that good advice succeeds only in the right circumstances and when it is directed to a listening ear. If a person does not have a listening ear, we might need to just be quiet. Here's something really powerful. A good listener gives us the opportunity to express our views without being judged, interrupted, or redirected. Yeah, a good listener gives us the opportunity to express our views without being judged, interrupted, or redirected. We can feel safe when we have a conversation like that. And the last thing I want to leave you with is a scripture, Isaiah 50, verse 4. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue 
to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen as one being taught. So every day the Lord will wake us up with an ear to listen as one being taught, if we allow that. And then as a result, he gives us an instructed tongue. So I'm praying, Lord, help, help me have that ear every morning, waking up my ear so that I can listen and I can be taught. So the question would present itself. How do we position ourselves to listen more? It's a choice. It's awareness. It's being it's awareness. aware. And I think, I think we can ask. I, I believe we can ask the Holy Spirit, help me to learn to listen. Yes. Yes. Help if we can listen. ask for the gifts, First Corinthians 14, pursue love and earnestly desire that you may prophesy if we can earnestly desire that we we can prophesy then we can earnestly desire that we can listen yes it has to be mm-hmm. it's the same principle yeah. everything i've asked of the lord if it's been for my good he's allowed it to happen yes he does in his perfect timing mm-hmm. he does and i think we have to remember that what we what we said in Revelation, he stands continually at the door knocking. And he says, if any man, any man will open that door and let me in, I will come in and I will eat with you and I will restore you. So that's, you know, it's just letting him in, listening to what he has to say. And then we're so provided for and cared for and loved just by listening to him. just I'm just it's resonating with me so much right now I just I feel like I'm in a peace bubble yeah like a yeah like an atmosphere and maybe you're that at home maybe maybe you're at home and you're experiencing suddenly something that's different in in your mind and in your spirit that's the spirit of the Lord and what would happen tonight if if you feel that invitation to put aside all the other distractions. Maybe you were planning on watching your favorite series tonight. Maybe you're going to throw in a movie or, or, or turn on Netflix or, or something like that before you go to bed. What would it be like for you if you accepted the invitation to get still and get quiet? Psalm 4610. Pastor Brian has, has spoke this over and over this year. Be still and know that I am God. And that's an invitation. To, to position ourselves for listening. And when we do, there's no telling what God will say. Maybe you have struggled with wondering what's next. Maybe you're trying to figure out what's the strategy for moving forward. Maybe it can only be found in listening. Yeah. And if you if this message meant something to you, please share it with someone else. We love you, River family. We bless you tonight in the name of Jesus. We ask the Lord to be with you in your sleep, that he would speak to you in dreams and in visions, 
and that you would be connected to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your lives so that you would experience a transformation that only God himself could get the credit for. We love you. We bless you. Share the stream with your friends and family members. Join us on Sunday for live worship right here from the River of Life. Remember, our sanctuary is not open yet, but be listening for details coming soon about how the River plans to reopen for Sunday and Wednesday worship services. We love you, River family.